Howdy, patrons. New year, new me. Ugh. Hello. <laughs> this month, I'm going to make a point of releasing a podcast every Monday, bonus podcast every Wednesday. And then next month, I'm going to try to do the same thing. But for now, it's just this month. And that's my goal. So here's your bonus podcast for episode 285 that featured uh, TJ, the comedian from Haiti. Haiti. Um, I hope you liked that podcast. I would really love to know what you thought of it. It was a really um, inspiring one for me. Inspiring sounds so cheesy. I don't know why that word sounds so cheesy. Um, But it still was. So yay. Today's episode is going to feature the audio from my show at Judson Memorial Church it was December 11th, 2019, the People's Benevolent the Benevolent People's Hour of Story and Song. I need to learn the name of my own show if I'm going to be doing it regularly. Um, it was a really great night. We fed a lot of people vegan food, um, a lot of artists who you will hear. There are a couple of little bits I had to t- chop out because the performers weren't on mics, so it didn't really record very well. So other than that, this is the show in its raw state. Um, so it's their fumbles and all that kind of stuff but i think that's kind of what makes this show fun let me know what you think of this bonus content thank you as always for being here i am looking hard at going to india and getting this next project going so those of you that are here in patreon are really making it happen so thank you and also if you have a new address please update it in patreon uh, there are a few of you who haven't updated it yet and i've made notes but it's getting a little unwieldy and some of you may not be getting your zines and those are going to go out more consistently this year too so um i want to make sure everyone's on top of things um and that'll help me keep on top of things okay i think that's everything thanks so much for being here and um enjoy the show Hello, everybody. How are you? Ho, ho, ho. Happy holidays. Welcome to Judson Memorial Church. My name is Micah, and I'm one of the ministers here at Judson. And before we go any further, can we have a big round of applause for the Jaw Kitchen All-Stars who cooked that amazing meal for you tonight? Let me tell you something. This is the best-kept secret of Greenwich Village. They cook that meal every single Wednesday of the year. You can always come here at 7.15 any Wednesday of the year, save Christmas, and they will have a hot cooked meal for you down there that you can have a homemade meal down there before you experience some homemade art up here. So don't be a stranger. There's a way to sign up in the back. But I want to know how many of you are here at Judson for the first time? Oh, cool. We've got like a few newbies peppered here. So a couple of things to know about Judson. Yes, you are actually in a real church that does like real churchy things, like have ministers and Sunday morning service down on the main floor there and potluck dinners, but you are also in a church that has never known how to be a church unless it is welcoming artists into our space to share with us the stories that they are bursting to tell. We have always believed here at Judson that artists have the potential to serve as our modern-day prophets. They show us where we've been, they show us who we are, and they show us what we can become. So we welcome them into our space as often as possible. That is why we are one of the original homes of both postmodern dance and off-off-Broadway and whatever you are about to experience tonight. 
If you are inspired by the space, if you are inspired by what you're about to see and experience in this sacred space, come and find me in the back. I have beautiful business cards, and I love to give them out, and I need new friends. So please, I'm in the back. Micah, this space always belongs to each and every one of you, but tonight it most especially belongs to the curatorial prowess of Michael Heron! Sorry, a standing ovation already? Oh. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to the People's, the Bene oh, damn it. The Benevolent <laughs> People's Hour of Story and Song here at Judson Church. This is my regular show here. Uh, every, it's quarterly, whatever that means. Four months, three months. The next one's in March. You can do the math. Uh, is it three months? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I've got special guests for you. I have these amazing people who are going to be singing with me in a minute. Um, the thing I love about this is the food, the community, the ability to share a space and a stage with artists that I love in New York City, and to try out new stuff that I've written. And this is one of them. This is called Winter 1968. Okay, let me back up. This is the first of three winters. Winter 1, 1968. <laughs> He is open. She is too. Their second boy is coming, and though they're both on guard, still grieving from the pair they lost, they are filled with love. For each other, for their first, who is well into walking now and so precocious that he flung himself out the window after his toys and barely broke a bone. That will be his claim to fame as the three get older. These three, one is here, one on the way, and one yet to be known. Father is awake, mother is too. It won't always be like this, but this winter, it is their third Christmas with a child and the loss that brought them closer. It feels real, but different too. They are in this moment now, the season seen with wonder fresh eyes so clearly they forgot the view that obscured their light and joy. These childlike eyes, transitory still, reflect wonder and light and joy for a time. Newness fades and life's cracks, scuttles and scratches leave more indelible marks that only darken in silence. They are choosing this for now.
and sweet release. Remind us of the children's faces full of wonder and surprise, of the laughter in their voices, the sweetness in their eyes when they wake up in the morning, the feeling in their heart that there's joy in the air.
I should do a quick intro of these singers. Jenny Selig, Kirsten Maryland, Jen, I always want to say Jen Susan because that's your Facebook name. Um, yeah, thank you so much for joining me, you guys. I want to do a quick, are we good with the, um, oh, those cables. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming. Jen, I want to do a little quick. This is the last time we're going to see Jen Free. Well, not the last time. This is the last time she's leaving the planet today. <laughs> Here, I just want to do a little quick. Jen is um, so many different things. You're a singer. You just came back from studying psychology, right? Like you're doing like, I love that I'm like psychology. Have you guys heard of it? <laughs> it's a new term. I'm so um, where can people find your work? You've got Patreon going, you're doing a lot of songwriting. Tell us about it. Yeah, so yeah, I just came back a few months ago uh, from living in London where I was doing my master's in counseling over there. And I'm also a musician, so I play the piano and I sing and I write songs, which is my you know, biggest and you know, most dear passion uh, to me. Um, and I write other things as well. But yeah, since I've been back from London, I've been really focusing a lot on returning to music and writing a whole lot more and sharing it. So um, I do have you know, some, some plans to, to perform in the sort of pretty near future. But yeah, for the moment, you could definitely, if you'd like, find my stuff on my website. Uh, that's jenfriedman.com, J-E-N-N-F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N, jenfriedman.com. And I do also have a Patreon, uh, Patreon uh, which is Jen Friedman. I think that, yeah. And um, yeah, I'm just on, on other, all the, all the social medias, basically. So thank you. For, thanks for giving me a chance yeah, to Yeah, thanks say, for yeah, coming. I, I asked her to join it. us, what, like two or three days ago? Maybe a week? I don't know. A little was, bit. A little bit ago. It's it was not honor. a long time. It's so yeah, <laughs> thanks so much for doing it. Thank you. Jen Friedman and all the amazing singers are saying. We'll see all, all the other people in a second. So guests. Um, I have another one. We've got, have we got guests today? Um, the next... Um, I, uh, the, well, I don't want to give too much away, um, but our next guest is a comedian. Uh, she's a songwriter, performer, um, and she has a solo show called Never a Boy, which is running at UCB, Upright Citizens Brigade, now for one more week. We'll talk more about that. But Chloe is going to come up. Chloe Kozer is coming up to, with her comedic stylings. <laughs> and come on up. I was, I was fighting putting on the coat because it's like, I'll look just so much more slick if I'm just wearing a dress like a normal person, but I am freezing. And I have no idea why. You're wearing a t-shirt. I run hot. I look, I look like a maniac. I look like a maniac because of you. <laughs> uh, Should I put on a coat too? It'd help a little bit. No. <laughs> uh, hello, my name is Chloe Kozer. Uh, I'm a lady, I'm queer, I'm polyamorous, I'm married, I'm trans, and I have been out for three and a half years? Three and a half years now, and uh, it's, it's incredible. If, I wish I had come out earlier, and I know that I would have if I'd known I would get to be a bitch. Oh, oh, I love it. I can say almost anything now, and it makes me so happy. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a comedian, but stand-up is sort of the muscle I least use. Like, I'm, a, I'm primarily, um, 
like a character performer and a sketch performer and a d director and, and all that stuff. So I had a thing happening to me this week, but I just want to let you know it's not going into a polished bit. Um, I went on a date on Tuesday. I'm mostly bringing this up because I am still like bothered by it. And it turns out she was like real transphobic like real transphobic and she didn't know I was trans but the first word on my dating profile is trans exclamation point <laughs> precisely because I don't want to have these uh like like kind of conversations and she like she didn't understand that she like looked shocked when she saw me she started pointing out the things about me that she thought looked unusual um the one that's sort of like sticking in my craw though is that the first thing she said when she saw me is, you don't look like your pictures. I look exactly like my pictures. That's what pictures is, bitch. <laughs> like, okay, from here, it's like I don't, uh, if, she's, if she's new to them or if her dreadfulness just overrode all her common sense. Also, she, she told me that she, this was her neighborhood bar and she wasn't allowed to go there Wednesdays or Sundays because she cussed out the bartender. And she, and she assumed, she talked really like in a very friendly way to the bartender that was there and I didn't find this out to the end of the date and I was like, the whole time I was like, why won't the working bartender make eye contact with her? It's like, oh, because... He's friends with the other bartender. They both hate his guts. So, or hate her guts. It's like I said, wasn't going into a polished bit. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the challenges I have doing comedy when trans is that there's a lot of, there's a lot of vocabulary that people don't know. Like there's not a common language that people have yet. Like a lot of these words and, and terms are new and um, I'm, I mean, even though I'm 100% positive that every single one of you is gonna be at my show next week, um, I do give a, <laughs> I do give a, a vocabulary lesson during my show, so it's a little dry, but I am going to uh, read to you now facts about trans people. This is called Trans Facts. Trans fact number one. Transgender means you disagree with the gender assigned to you at birth. Cisgender means you agree with the gender assigned to you at birth. There are cis people who feel that cis and cisgender are slurs, and the scientific name for them is crybaby pee pants. <laughs> I don't know why we're laughing, we're just saying facts. Trans fact number two. Uh, Want to know about a trans or non-binary person's genitals? Don't ask, that's insane. <laughs> Want to know about a cis man's genitals? Check your phone, they've already been airdropped to you. <laughs> trans fact number three. A trans person's dead name is the name they had before they changed it. It's impolite to ask for it because it may be triggering. This is not to be confused with a trans person's death name, which is a name when uttered that will bring, bring about the uh, prophesied age of blood. Trans fact number four. It's important for non-binary people to have access to gender neutral bathrooms because otherwise 
they can't really exist in public spaces. People should be able to use whatever bathroom they feel the most comfortable in. This is especially true for trans people because we love to pee. <laughs> I'm peeing right now. Trans fact number five. The tendrils of a jellyfish are lined with stinging cells called nematocysts. And the way they function is they're normally spherical, but when they touch foreign matter, they extend and become long microso microscopic spears. Trans fact number six. <laughs> Biological essentialism is the idea that genitals indicate gender, and it is the foundation of trans transphobia. So for instance, don't say things like men think with their dicks, because not all men have dicks, and not everyone with a dick is a man. Similarly, don't walk up to a group of women and say, sup fellow stink pussies, who wants to buy a boat? Not all women have vaginas, and everyone is scared of the sea. <laughs> this has been trans facts you now know all six facts about trans people. Thank you. Ah. That seemed a lot more uh, graceful <laughs> in, in my mind. <laughs> Chloe Kozer, everyone. Thank you. <clears throat> so, um, just a little, one of the things I've been doing with this show, this show is like experimentation, like from beginning to end, but I love talking to people. And I originally met Chloe when your publicist sent me your info to be a guest on my podcast, which you can find at MikeyPod.com. It was a great episode. It was, it was fun, like the was best like, episode you've ever done. I was about to say it's the best episode. I was like, wait, <laughs> is there anybody else here who has been on an episode on my podcast? Because I would not say that. Yes, it was, a, it was one of my two very favorite <laughs> episodes. <laughs> um, yeah, so the thing that, um, so I lost track of what I was gonna say. And we, we're done. Great. <laughs> So talk to me about the show, because I was lucky enough, I, I want to say I saw the show twice. I saw a video of it, and then I saw it in person. The show is great. You should go see it next Wednesday night at UCB. At UCB in Hell's Kitchen uh, at 9 p.m. And talk to me about the show. Like what? Two things I'm curious about. One is, you were already a performer before you came out as trans. Yes. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I was, um, I was already a visible performer on like New York sketch and improv scene. I'm the first openly trans performer at the UCB theater on either coast. There was already a writer that's out west and that's sucked because the, the scene is very well meaning but has like had to learn a lot on me. Um, and that was three and a half years ago and now there's so many more trans and non-binary people showing up. Uh, like a handful of people that were already performers at the theater have since come out. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a better place all the time. Mm. Yeah, um, but it's, it has been weird coming, well like, well, it's, been, it's been weird coming out. Like a lot of stuff has changed. <laughs> not just that. Yeah, and I was, I was really repressed. I was not prepared for what it would be like. Um, I was so repressed that when I came out to my wife, she said, you told me a year ago. And when she told me that, I was like, oh yeah, I remembered. We spent like a month trying to deal with that. And then I was like, ah, oh, don't worry, it's not a big deal. And just like shut <laughs> back like, down. I've, you just totally stuffed it, yeah? Yeah, I remembered after she said, but I was like, oh, huh. It's so weird when that happens. Yeah, yeah, when you forget <laughs> like, a month of your me. life because of severe gender <laughs> repression, oh, um, we get all relate. 
okay, maybe I don't exactly. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, no, it's good. Yeah, we get it. Um, yeah. What about the show? Can you tell us a little bit about what to expect when people come see the show? Yeah, it's a um, it's a show that's it's primarily uh, comedic characters with some storytelling. It's about what it's been like to come out as a as a woman when <clears throat> I was 33. Maybe I just turned 32. Um, 32. Because three and a half years later, that adds up to 36. We have a lot of math tonight. I love math. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, um, it's a very emotional and personal show. Because a, a lot of coming out has been very challenging. Um, it's also a very silly and very lewd show. Because that's like what's funny to me. Um, Honestly, other stuff is funny to me, but when I was writing it, just all the dirty stuff was was working. Um, <laughs> but one thing I want to say about the show is I I feel like it's been kind of a challenge in promoting it is that I feel like it sounds like edutainment. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's like, oh, this is a show I go to learn stuff. It is a comedy show. It is a really damn funny comedy show. Um, but when I've talked to people who've kind of come, they're like, oh yeah, I saw like, a, I saw like a listing of it online and I was like, oh, I want to go learn something. It's like, I don't care if you learn anything. I want you to laugh until you cry. Perfect. And there's a song on the show. Too. Yeah, there is a song in the show. Would you like to sing it? I would, I would like to <laughs> sing it. This is the closer for the show and I will say that there actually is a joke. Uh, the closer to this, this song is not the same as the show because it's part of a running joke in the show. So even though you'll have seen this, it's even better live. Although my director is not as good of a pianist as you. Oh. I'll just tone that up. Yeah. <laughs> I feel pressured all of a sudden to play well. Yeah, don't fuck this up. Um, I won't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm really mean. So for this song, just picture me coming back home after a long, hard day. Oh boy, it's been a long, hard day. It's been a long, hard day. Being trans is so demanding. I can't ever catch a break. The basic rights to my very life are being argued. So instead of playing nice, I've decided to do what the fuck I want to. on Twitter so I ate my wife's breakfast and I told her I didn't walked outside and I got called sir so I threw sand in his eyes I keep sand in my purse I went to get a coffee the barista stared at me so I traveled back in time and stopped his birth from happening at CVS they were out of my hormones so I called in several bomb threats on all of their store phones Travels just okay. At birth, they said I was male, but they failed me. Cause I'm a woman. So to make up for lost time, I have license to do crimes that others shouldn't. My surgeon pushed my vaginoplasty back a year. So I burned down her house. Now she lives by the pier. I sabotaged her marriage, so she's always alone. And I framed her for murder she'll never go home I made it my mission to ruin her life it wasn't even her fault she was perfectly nice it was a scheduling issue that was out of her hands but I don't give a fuck cause she says that I'm trying 
never be stopped I'm like a Greek god And not one of the nice ones But it's only fair Cause it's so hard being trans The universe should make it up to me I want the rock to pick me up and eat right there I, I just suddenly got to worry they were not all picturing the rock eat my ass the way that I'm picturing it so like if you see my thighs on his shoulders that's not how it, I need um ooh, ooh, chair. okay 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 so this is me he's got me up like this he's so much stronger than you or I he's got me up just like that So, are we all picturing the rock eat my ass the same way? You're welcome. everyone see her next week it's the last I don't think we even mentioned did we mention Wednesday is the last performance oh, yeah. of and it would have been now yeah. so that would be good for me but it's been great for me I can be like oh I, I featured the last it's performance yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much I'm swooping you guys, I don't know if you were here for the last show, but I have not improved my method of looking at my notes for the show, so just keep, if you're keeping track, that did not improve. All right, so we have another guest. We've got a lot of guests tonight. <clears throat> the next guest is a super good friend of mine who is also a composer, a producer, a writer, um, incredibly handsome, so many different things. Um, let's go ahead and have him come up. It's... Uh, why am I forgetting your name? <laughs> Nolan Duran! <laughs> yes. That is great. <laughs> Hi, Michael. Uh, Marin. It's Marin. <laughs> so, this is Nolan Howdy. Duran. Howdy. Hello. Thank, hello. Um, let's talk about um, what you're doing. Like, there are so many different things that you've got. Your everything sounds. Like. Hands are in many pots in the yeah. city. Yes. So you're, you've <laughs> um, produced a show this summer. Mm -hmm. 
What, the, the big thing that I think is super cool that you're doing is that you're a fellow with the Dramatist Guild. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I produced. So I did like this summer, I did the Golden Girls musical parody for World Pride. And um, yeah, I'm a queer writer and I write and I also produce. I found that like producing is sort of, is like learned, taught me to be a better writer and they all sort of inform each other. But then, um, yeah, now I'm, I'm a fellow for the Dramatist Guild Foundation. So if you're a writer and if you need support, the Dramatist Guild Foundation is there for like emergency grants or, you know, there's teaching fellows across the country, but as a fellow, we're learning from people like um, Michael Corey, Larry O'Keefe, and Andrew Lippa. They sort of mentor us, and we apply to be these fellows, and then we go out and write our musicals with queer agendas and whatever agendas we want, um, and we put them out into the world. So that's, that's sort of what we're doing at the DGF. <laughs> Can you tell us about the show you're writing is there yeah well the new show is called the lesson it's based off of a moment when mozart and beethoven theoretically had a lesson and so we're just creating our own um version of what happened like a fantasia on if they met what would that what would that be like and um yeah it's just sort of like if it happened and we're just taking it totally outer space not a historical drama or anything that actually happened but just what if and then currently, like, you know, just writing other, writing musicals and producing and trying to direct and, you know, all those things. All and singing in the Gay Men's Chorus. So come to the New York City Gay Men's Chorus this weekend to the Skirball Center. You'll see me singing with five, 250 other guys in this huge group. So if you come to Skirball Center, I'll be there at the top, sitting, singing at the top there, holiday choral songs. Love it. Yes. I'll be there. Yes, he so, will yeah, be there so, yeah. Saturday night. So come, come yeah. see us. Um, we've got a song to sing. Yes. And it's from a different show. From a different show that I wrote about a gay Pinocchio. So, <laughs> and this, this, was a, this was like his lumberjack boyfriend that's singing the song. So there you go. I love it. Yeah. And with that. With that, here we are. <laughs> Just like this tree With only water, air, and sunlight shining down on me Sturdy and strong, silent and still Constantly growing roots in the ground high on a hill if I had branches and leaves, I would dance in the wind And the world would see me I'd be an oak standing tall, orange red in the fall Until they cut me down But they can't cut me down change I never could If I'm outdated I don't really care I'm hard-headed like wood But I don't want to live life standing Standing 
Thank you. Nolan Duran, everyone. We didn't, we forgot to talk website, nolanduran.com. Perfect. I feel like I should send out fact sheets <laughs> with everybody's <laughs> social media and everything. Yeah. Just search, search, Google, Google them. It's google.com. Winter number two, 1978. He is here now, nine years old and the middle child of three, staring intently curious as Linus Van Pelt unlocks the mystery of Christmas on a portable black and white TV. Foreign sounding ethereal words of hopeful ghosts he's yet to know. This winter is especially strange. Everyone has changed. Grandma is here and the pipes are frozen it's Houston, and no one really knows how to handle the cold. And somehow there's a pine needle in his instant Quaker oats, allegedly found its way in from the garden hose. It's a strange way to seek attention in this calamitous December. He's trying to decode the wisdom of this Charlie Brown climax, jumbled and far away like his consciousness was this afternoon. Why is your mom in the hospital? Asked a concerned Mrs. White, the fourth grade teacher. All eyes on him, waiting as his thoughts churn. Through the danger of lies and the frightening truth, the months of increasing detachment, watching her eyes get further and further away. It wasn't just the drinking, though. There was something else. A sad absence of hope. She gave up, one day at a time, as they say, only she was going the other way, letting her light drain away. Hope becomes pain as love slowly dies, and her hope did too. But feelings drown with this once lively elixir, now dark and thick, with tremors and sweats evolving into visions and convulsions on the backyard picnic table. Call an ambulance, the next-door neighbor woke them up. It didn't dawn on any of them that this was not okay. The truth was too much. Michael, why is your mom in the hospital? Uh, I don't know.
Kirsten, Marilyn, everyone. We 
we gotta hug it out. Oh my God. <laughs> yay, Kirsten. I've been wanting to sing this song with her forever, so yay. That's yay, Peter Gabriel, if you guys don't know already, that's a cover. Um, I didn't I, know it. I shouldn't be so dismissive. That was the great Peter Gabriel with a song from his classic album, So. Um, yay. And this is Kirsten Marilyn, who has Hi. been a regular guest on the show. So, yeah. I don't know, needs no introduction. A little introduction. Sure. Uh, um, singer, songwriter, activist, like, hitting it on all the things. Like, you're, you put 100% into like, everything. That's from my perspective, I don't. That maybe cool. maybe I'm not saying something. <laughs> I'm going deep in weird way. We we always have these moments. We do, we do. I love it. So let's talk about your album because yes. you're making one. Yeah, yeah. Um, making a, a 12 song album. Never created an album before. So um, I yeah, it's scary. Um, yeah, I've, I mean, I, I've, you know, I've done EPs. Those are usually like five, six songs, and those that I felt like comfortable with that, released some singles here and there, but um, met this producer that I really kind of clicked with, and, and we did one song together, and then I was like, what do you think about, like, I don't know, creating like this really big, expensive thing that I don't have money for? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. Like, there is a definite, like, can, there could be chemistry, like with in a record, like the things For that sure. you guys do together are yeah. really pretty magnificent. I don't, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm overstating Thanks. it. It's really well put together. Um, you know, I, he's in my 15 years of being in the music industry. He is the first producer I've ever worked with that um, uh, I, I felt like you know we were on the same page. We're on the same page musically. He's totally fine with everything I write about, and. Um, yeah, we're just creating something that I'm super proud of, and I feel like I've had just as much of a hand in the music part of it as you know, as the lyric writing and mm -hmm. stuff. Because previous producers have been like, "Cool, you're a singer, but uh, this is what I'm gonna do over here," and then I'm like, "Okay, I guess that's fine." Uh, and just yeah. much more. This is more collaborative. collaborative. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a really great question. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, so let's just savor the awkward moment again. <laughs> Done. Um, let's say somebody wanted to help you with this album and they wanted to yeah. give you some money to make it happen. What would they do? So I started a GoFundMe because for the past year I've been funding this album myself out of my own pocket. Um, I also have to thank my husband for that. He allows me to eat and puts a, a roof over my head so that <laughs> I have the ability to put all of my money into my music. But I, I realized recently that it's just, it's not sustainable. I have no money for anything ever. So I started a GoFundMe. Um, um, I asked for $10,000, which sounds like a lot, but also is not enough, um, which is crazy. Like the, It's not crazy. That's how it is. It's, it's crazy. Like, yeah, music costs so much money and then to create, and then we have to, like, give it out for free. It's insane. Um, but <laughs> so, so I'm, I've asked uh, everyone for help. Um, I'm, like, reaching the 2000 mark, which is awesome. I was able to funnel that money right to my producer. I was like, you have... You got money. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it's GoFundMe. I think it's GoFundMe.com. And then it's Kirsten Marilyn, backslash Kirsten Marilyn. I have some cards back on the table if you, know, you want to know how to spell my name. And um, yeah, even like, you know, 10 bucks it is uh, so appreciated. Um, it's 10 bucks I didn't have before. So 
Um, yeah, any, honestly, anything you could give is so amazing and I so appreciate it because like, what am I really, what am I doing? I'm like creating music. Like, I'm like, give me your money so I can like, that's a thing. Create stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I approve of this message. I approve of this message. (laughs) Would you like to sing a song? Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. So this song is going to be on the album, but I did release it as the first single. And uh, you can find it on Spotify and iTunes and um, anywhere you listen to music. There is no country. There's only corporate you and me. You go off to war. fighting for leave me all alone to take care of these babies on my own do you even know why they don't care if you die Kirsten, Marilyn, everyone. Uh, 
KirstenMarilyn.com with two I's, K-I-I-R-S-T-I-N-M-A-R-I-L-Y-N dot, oh God, this is the hard part, C-O-M. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, so we've got a really big, <laughs> assuming I'm remembering my notes right because I can't fucking read them. Uh, we've got super, yes. All right, so this is like a special treat. We have like a group of people coming up. I've been referring to them as um, carolers for the resistance. Um, Sing out Louise, are you all ready to come on up? I'll make some space. This might, stay with us, talk amongst yourselves. It might take a second to get set up. So, sing out Louise. Sing out Louise. I've been practicing your last name and I'm losing it, but don't tell me. Lydorf. Lydorf. Lydorf, damn it. So tell me about how the group started. Like, well, we were all, m m many of us are members of Gays Against Guns. And four years ago, I had this weird idea that we should do anti-gun Christmas carols at the Christmas markets, like Violent Night, Deadly Night, I Saw Mommy Killing Santa Claus, <laughs> things like that. Places where New Yorkers might be like, yes, you're our people, but tourists would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> so that's, that was the genesis of the idea. And Kimberly was, where are you, Kim? Kim was part of that, and, and obviously Ken. I'm suddenly blind. It's like I, I know. Um, Jay, we're, you know, bunches of us were doing this, and Trump was elected. So I, that night, I think I started writing Donnie the Con Man. Maybe we should just do it. Yeah, let's and, do, yeah. And, that, and then the, the group sort of quickly became Sing Out Louise. I found Alyssa, or she should, she, I should say she found me. Alyssa Stein is my co-organizer. She has no voice tonight. Can you say one or two words about... Say one or two words about, about pink and crafting sequences yeah. and graphics. So the same time, I found Sing Out Louise as they were just starting. It was after the 2016 election when everybody was just distraught and didn't know what to do. And this, we found, was an amazing way to let off steam, to be out in the streets, to protest and to be angry and to sing and to get other people to come and sing with us, but also to be sparkly and crafty and make a statement. So it's a combination of all kinds of really fabulous things and angry things and community things and expressing things as a way of dealing with all that's going on in our country and making ourselves be heard. Because when we're out singing, it's a powerful way of other people to participate with us. We share our hymnals with everybody with us when we're singing and they come and sing with us. So we'll have 50, 60 people standing in a street corner, you know, down at the White House or in front of the, the uh, Supreme Court or in front of Fox News or at holiday markets, we're all over the city. And it's really um, heartening for the people who find us, who come from all over the country and take pictures and post them to know that our message is resonating with so many, so many people and that we can be out there protesting in our way and getting our message across and uh, getting other people to share what we do with us. Oh, can we get a round of applause for that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so I, I love like as an activist, this, like this whole combination of things, you know, like it's, it's anger, but it's fluffy pink hats and, yeah. and it's very accessible to people. And do you find um, this for anyone like that, that this is a, it's effective in a way you didn't expect, you know, using arts and creativity to share a pissed off message? Yeah, who knew the world needed middle-aged stripper Muppets? <laughs> um. F you. Uh, 
I think, I, think the, I think if we've accomplished anything apart from keeping our own spirits up, which in this regime, and it is a regime, is really important, is that we're sort of normalizing protest for people. The people will see us in the summer doing our disco songs. They'll see us at, at uh, Fourth of July. We did Americana with the fireworks. And they see us around town and they're like, oh my God, you're still here, you're still here. And I'm like, yeah, we're here constantly. And you know, this time of year is especially challenging because it's cold out, so we all lose our voices and stuff. But we're still out doing it because it's just important that everywhere you go, you need to hear people ra raising their voices against, uh, it's an unfolding atrocity, right? So that's what, that's what we're doing. Just trying to make this normal. If that's gonna be normal, this is normal too, right? Yeah. Love it. Will you sing some more songs for us? And you all have the hymnal, right? You have your light Sure, thank you. Sing out Louise, everyone. So we are coming to the end of our show, but there's a little bit more to come. But I want to talk a little bit about how this thing happens. <laughs> Judson Church. Oh, I love that Ken Kidd is here. Ken Kidd is why I know about Sing Out Louise. And Ken Kidd is, all, I love, like, it's such a mystical name. Ken Kidd. Ken Kidd is also how I became connected with Judson Church, which is where I started doing any of the solo work I do. Um, I have a couple of solo shows I've done, both of which have books and albums, which are available on the merch table back at the back of the room. Uh, so uh, my friend Jay is back there somewhere. Um, I've got books, a few of these t-shirts, just a few of them, um, and zines. This is a zine that is very special. It's, um, I, I'm not going to go too deep into this. Um, it's a, this one, I, so I do these zines every... Like, Quarterly, again, every three months, every four months, what is it? Um, but I do a special thing. If you don't know already, let me backtrack. This is able to happen because of Judson Church and also because of people who are my subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash Heron. Those people contribute like a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty-five dollars a month to help me create work and in exchange they get little cool stuff in the mail like this zine that's hand-stitched. Hand you should come touch this thread at some point. I learned that from Jay. Um, and these are two that are left that are numbered and signed. If you join Patreon today, you can have this. Self-promotion gives me the creep. Um, but that stuff is back there. There are other zines back there. And I'm really just happy that you're here. And the fact that this whole, the cool thing about Patreon for me, and this will be the last I save it, is that um, I'm able to just do this show. All the proceeds, P.S., if you didn't and you can um, donate, you can, um, there's, is there a bucket somewhere? Um, there's, a, there's a donation bucket back there, suggested donation of $10. If you can't do any money, that is absolutely okay. The thing that's super cool is that I'm sort of being paid by people who subscribe on Patreon so I can come and just do this. And uh, the church offers the space and there's food for people to eat who are hungry. Um, it's really a cool experience. So I'm just happy you're here. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, Judson. Thank you, everyone. Uh, <laughs> yay. Winter number three, today. Things accumulate here, and by things, I mean these sad, wonderful moments of loss that really mean I loved. So, 
Hmm. I love. This will be my 50th Christmas. And though I was never religious, it has always meant something. Like the way holding on to the old way makes the new way mean something more. But that's not really how all of this works. These passing days and years and decades and fuck, half centuries, it can't stay the same, can it? People die, hearts break, memories fade and evolve, but what I've got, what we've got, is this. Starting here, in this room, in this church, where we have gathered in some way that we have never done before. But even if this isn't like last year, or even like 1980, when I got the soundtrack to Xanadu and proceeded to disco roller skate my way through the next year with a friend who would see me through so much more, even after he passed. He's not here, but you are, and I am. And somehow we're here because of him. We're here because of her. My mother, who, by the way, never touched another drink after that calamitous December. We're here because of you, because of all that you loved and lost and love today. The romance, the family, the art, the shit, the blood, the light and the dark, and those gray moments that are somewhere in between. The animals we've loved, and even those we might have eaten and worn. They are all teachers that show us the way, even when it's the way not to go. Because that's part of this path too, isn't it? So as we approach this solstice, this is my wish for you. Go. Do the thing. Fuck up. Fuck around. Fuck. With consent, of course. Promise me that you will do the fucking thing. And I will too. Do you promise? I am not convinced. <laughs> do you promise? Good. I do too. Good night. more song that was the pretend ending this is that thing where it's like oh they're clapping let's do another song <laughs> jenny's joining me uh this is uh, so many things here i'll grab um so i'll ask you i'll let you get settled um tradition that at the end of these shows i've been doing I'm a super big Yoko Ono fan, and I've been doing these Yoko Ono songs at the end of each show. Um, some people may not know, but she was actually married at one point to this guy. Um, what, <laughs> what was his name? John, oh, John Lemon. And this is a song that he actually wrote with her. You could, like, it's, it's hers, really, but. Um, oh, I have the wrong page open. So while you're. No, no, that's okay. 
that site you sent me is suddenly not working. Hold on. <laughs> this is the moment. Like, we made it through the show without one of these. I was looking at the wrong one. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> Remember last time, if you were here last time, my computer mysteriously stopped working because it wasn't plugged in? <laughs> uh, this is like that. Oh, there it is. It was right here all along. It was right here, right inside my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Will you tell us where to find you online? <laughs> Inside your heart. Um, Always. I, I have been playing ukulele for a couple of years now, and I'll, all my stuff's on Instagram and YouTube as New Uke, New York. Ooh. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, she, like, I don't know how, like, are you still doing it every day? I feel like you're putting up ukulele videos every day. This, I mean, I'm doing an advent calendar right now that's every day. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot to be had and a lot to learn. So you've inspired me and I don't know who I'm, other many ukulele players are in the house. I do also run a free jam group called uh, the NYC Uke Squad that we meet a couple times a month, once in Manhattan and once in Brooklyn. So you'd be welcome to join us if you play at all. Um, you want to sing a song? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, and you guys should sing too. Yeah. And in fact... I was going to invite all the performers up on stage, but that could be a lot because <laughs> we have a whole choir. Let's, um, let's just sing from where we are. Does that feel good? You, and if you feel like standing up, you can stand up. You can just do your thing. So this is Christmas.
now. Thank you for coming, everyone.